one of these days, one of these days, and I've already been corrected on this once. I said, we're going to have church. And I was told, we got church today. <laughs> I agree in Jesus' name. Praise God. Well, uh, we did that last song tw twice. Tasha just has a way of instilling something when she sings. She just, you know, there's a shift in, in my direction. Praise God. You know, we may have a, one of those, what do you call them? Uh, Kenneth will know, 10 speed over or whatever you call them. How, how many gears you got in that truck you drive? Oh! Oh, you missed what we said a while ago. <laughs> we were talking about too many people with automatic drive. You need some shift some gears in your life because the power's already there. We just got to connect it. Can't drive around in low gear all day long. Going nothing. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. I wanted just to put in a little plug for Wednesday nights at uh, 645 for snacks, 7 o'clock. We're doing, I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. First Peter 3.15 says in the Amplified, but in your hearts set Christ apart as holy and acknowledge him as Lord. Always be ready to give a logical defense. And that Greek word is apologia. To anyone who asks you to account for the hope that is in you, but do it courteously and respectfully. Don't forget those last couple of words there. That's wrong with a lot of things going on in our country today. Nobody wants to be courteous or respect anybody. Doesn't make any difference who they are. Well, that's not the spirit of Jesus. There are times to be firm, but we can still be courteous. We can still be respectful praise God. So uh, that's what we do on Wednesday nights. It's a, kind of an apologetic course. We're going to be talking about something called devolution, oh, evolution, uh, this Wednesday night. So you, you'll want to see what's going on there. Amen. Now I have a morning challenge for you. Okay. I would like to have two men and two women to come to the stage and quote the scripture verses that you've memorized in the last couple. Just quote any two of the ones you've memorized the last seven weeks, several weeks. Two guys and two women. Everybody, rush, rush me. Rush me. Rush me. Here comes one. Hallelujah. Okay. Okay, guys. One for the ladies right now. Anybody else? Oh, my goodness. You know what? We're going to glorify with the one. Amen. Go right ahead. Believe the, the verse that I pulled says, this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it, which is Psalms 118.24. Praise the Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amen. Thank you. Any other ladies, since the guys are all sitting there going, I guess I'll just have to go pick somebody out then. Okay, how about anybody want to give a testimony? Charlene, you want to give yours? Come on up here. 
This may sound little to you, but it's major to her. This is Charlene Dillahunt, and I have a testimony this morning. Satan was trying to mess with me, but God got the best of him. I was locked out of my car this morning as I was coming to church. And by the grace of God, I had a crack in the back window. I was able to get in with a clothes hanger. And here I am. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Amen. Anybody else want to give a real quick testimony? You, this is your opportunity. Now, I know some of you want to come up here and preach. That's not the deal here. Okay. Okay. Anybody at all? I, I know that on Friday, I'm a uh, day, uh, director for a, a Christian day camp to take, take the kids everywhere every single day. And uh, we have the privilege and honor of doing devotions. And many of the kids, uh, a lot of them do not know anything about the Lord. So I've been building on foundation of things and have brought them to a place of uh, coming to know the Lord. And uh, six of them raised their hands for a decision to come and say, I want to know more. I receive into them into my heart. Uh, I want to, you to be boss of my life. And so um, it's a privilege and an honor. And so to see children making that decision. Hallelujah is very powerful. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise so let's give God. Him grace. Yes. <laughs> yes, ma'am. So, uh, mine talk loud. So mine just the word agreement. The Lord has been speaking that deep in my spirit. You know, like when we're having a conversation with each other, and you, like you just did, you shook your head. We have agreement. Mm-hmm. And so the Lord was showing me over the last week how if someone's sharing with you their trouble and you're agreeing, mm, mm, no. Mm, mm, mm. Always be ready to agree with him. And there's a way, there's wisdom in doing that to where you don't uh, belittle them or make them feel worse about their issue. But watch Agreement, because there is power in your agreement. Amen. Praise God. I'll get to him. Amen. Very true. Be like your father Abraham, who called those things that be not as though they already were. Romans four seventeen, I think. Praise God. Hallelujah. I I just reminded of uh, D. L. Moody. One time he was telling this man, he said, uh, well, we, uh, this guy said, how did the service go last night? He says, great. He said, we had eight and a half people get saved. And the guy said, oh, you had eight adults and one child. He goes, no, we had eight children and one adult. He's already spent half his life. So <laughs> praise God. D.L. Moody probably would have been a car salesman, except he was in the 19th century, so he sold shoes instead. Anyway, you look at it, he was putting tread under people. <laughs> Hallelujah. Think 200. How many of you saw that sign? Amen. Don't let that be something you walk past like if it was a dead elephant sitting there, I mean, laying there in the middle of the floor. Think 200. Think 200. How would you, Carol just told us to think life. Think the word of God. Think the answer. Think 200. Hallelujah. And you on YouTube, you need to get your little booty in here if you're in a close anywhere around in Oklahoma City, U.S. of A. 
right where 44, I-44, and I-35 come together. God put us right here just for you. Amen. Praise God. Okay, it's joke time. I've already cut my message a little short today, so don't get too anxious. You can go do your fireworks. I, 11 o'clock last night in my neighborhood, everybody's shooting fireworks. I thought, it's two days yet, in case you guys, you know, I'm out in the country, so uh, I, I heard somebody shoot a gun, too. It was kind of funny, boom, 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 because, I, I, you know, it's living in the country. <laughs> uh, a three-year-old boy went with his dad to see a litter of puppies. On returning home, he breathlessly informed his mother there were two boy puppies and two girl puppies. How did you know, his mother asked. Well, daddy picked them up and looked underneath, he replied. I think it's printed on the bottom. <laughs> this printed in a Texas newspaper. The oldest cowboy in Texas died this week at the age of 106. On, this, on his birthday, he was asked his secret to longevity, and he said that for the past 50 years, he has sprinkled a little gunpowder on his cereal each morning. He left behind eight children, 21 grandchildren, 32 great-grandchildren, and a 15-foot hole in the crematorium. Everybody get that one? Okay, that's crematorium, that's where they cremate you, <clears throat> had, a, had, a, had a reserve. <laughs> okay, this is my favorite one. There was this lady who was also visiting a church one Sunday. The sermon seemed to go on forever, and men in the congregation, or many in the congregation fell asleep. After the service to be social, she walked up to a very sleepy-looking gentleman extended her hand in greeting and said, hello, I'm glad it's done. And the gentleman replied, you're not the only one, ma'am. I'm glad it's done too. <laughs> he, he wasn't in our church because if we go on for two hours, you'll still be loving it, right? Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. What did I say? What I go about thinking, think, um, Aha, see, it's engrafted on some people's hearts. Everybody needs to grab it. Amen. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this wonderful day that you've given us to glorify you, thought, word, and deed. We give you praise and thanksgiving that you're with us, Holy Spirit, to be able to glorify Jesus to the max. And we give you praise and thanksgiving that all credit and honor is yours. In Jesus' name, and everybody said... Amen and amen. Hallelujah. I was talking with Brad a while ago um, when the, the songs that we sang today recognize the Trinity. And I know Christianity Today, and by the way, I'm not endorsing that magazine, but anyway, they put an article together. They do a lot of good stuff, but anyway. Um, they said that they did a survey of songs that had scriptural meaning in the songs that people were, were writing these days. And they made one comment, there was only one song that had anything about the Trinity in it. And that was the song, The Creed by Hillsong. If you, you've heard of that one, I imagine, probably. Anyway, 
So we sang two songs today. Of course, one of them is a remake of a long time ago, the, the doxology. But we sang two songs about the Father's uh, your magnificent trinity that uh, Bethel came out with, and we sang, and then as well as a doxology. So I want you to know that our songs are pre-planned and chosen and picked to be able to do several things. And one of those is we want to stay scripturally based. Another one is we want to get the gospel message intertwined with at least one song about Jesus going to the cross and being resurrected. And we also uh, want to take you from the start, like the title, excuse me, like the, the plan of the tabernacle. And that's when they enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. And they go in and they wash their hands at the brazen laver. They go over to the uh, sacrificial table and they make the sacrifice. We make one of praise. And then they go into the holy place. Okay, and there's a lot of significance with what happens inside the holy place. And then the veil's been torn between the holy place and the holy of holies. It's the most holy place. And that's where we want to enter, and that's where we can worship God in spirit and truth. So it's, it's, we set it up so that it takes that flow from entering his gates with thanksgiving, his course with praise. Let's get cleaned up, sanctified. We make the sacrifice. It's been done for us but we'll do it by recognition of that, receiving that in our heart. Then we'll go to the, the holy place and then to the most holy place. And we, we'll probably do a teaching on that one of these days. You know, I've got a whole stack of stuff to come up, but um, it's really an interesting scenario. And it's God's plan for, for worship to get us prepared, to get us ready, to get the junk off and to be able to walk in with a clean heart, uh, refreshed and new and uh there's a shifting, praise God. So how to, in your life, glory to God, things are broken, glory to God. Well, uh, we're going to do, uh, we started off with what is the synergy of the ages? We shared this two weeks ago, the first part, and then I said there'd be two parts. Well, now I'm going to tell you there's going to be three. Uh, I don't want to skip any of the goody I remember my mother used to say, get the goody out, talking about cake and pie and stuff. Don't, don't lose me. Uh, anyway, uh, we want to get the goody out, and there's plenty of it in some of the scripture that we're going to be saying, reading and talking about today and letting the Holy Spirit unravel it for us. So I'm not going to go too fast, I, I do believe. I'm going to go, you know, pretty thick because there's a lot here. And we're going to major on Hebrews 12 today. There's a lot here, but it's, it's intentional for understanding the synergy when all of us get together, not only with us, but with other churches, but with other generations. Those that have even passed a long time ago, those in the Old Testament saints are still waiting to have all of their promise fulfilled in us. It's what Hebrews says, and we want to capitalize on that, and we want to take it further in our lives to make sure that we're all engrafted with the Word, which is able to save our soul. That's our mind, our will, and our emotion. It's not talking about the new birth. It's talking about discipleship, understanding, and meditation upon the Word. So in view of what is happening in our country today, uh, and to a lesser extent all over the world, um, maybe I shouldn't even say lesser. I happen to 
see an article about Russia talking about World War III, <laughs> uh, we're already in it. We're just not in it with bombs yet. Um, but what's happening up to the, the uproar in our country? There's the cancel culture. They want to do away with this. There's the progressive Christianities. They want to deconstruct, you know, and put in, take everything down that's, that's, that's biblical and build it back up with everything they feel like. And that's just going back to the garden to be as God. But we're the salt. We're the light. And we need to dig the salt out of the earth. And we need to charge your batteries. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit will charge your batteries if you just let him do that, praise God. I believe that this will show you and everyone listening to this the plan that God has for today as he is looking to us to be the players in life that's out there. This will also um, bring steroids, if you would, to your prayer life, to connect. Because every revival that I've ever read about, and I've read about quite a few of them, starts out in prayer. And so it takes a group, a circle, to pray. Oh, I'm thinking about the two older ladies that prayed in um, that little island northwest of England years ago. Well, not all that long ago, about 70 years ago. And they prayed, two ladies. One of them was blind, and they were sisters. And they prayed revival into their area. And the speaker actually stopped a revival he was in and came over to them because he said, thus saith the Lord. We, we need to have that today. God is in the miracle business, and he has miracles for you, not just a cracked window, which that's, that's good because <laughs> he cares about that. Make sure you get to church on time, praise God. And, but also, there is so much for us to connect with in this day and time. When you see issues, you see opportunities. So we're going to get a good infusion of the Word of God today. What is the synergy of the ages? What is it for? How does it work? What do I pray for? What's my part uh, in this synergy of the ages? Synergy is when one plus one equals three or seven or 12. This is not the new math, okay? It means the result, the manifestation of people coming together will be more of the total than it will be of the individuals added together. God is a God of multiplication. He just doesn't add. He multiplies, praise God. So we talked about uh, this last uh, two weeks ago, and we'll talk about it today, and we'll talk about it again for part three, and we'll wrap it up next week, I do believe. Uh, how to stand in times of adversity is our subheading this morning. We all need to know that. What really hurts my heart, and I'm sure many of you in the same basket here, when you see Christians fall away just because they haven't been knowledgeable in the Word and have a daily life with Jesus Christ, and they don't know what to do, they don't know where to go, they don't know how to do it, when something hits the fan, stuff hits the fan and, oh my gosh, and, and they stay in a state of ruin. Why are people 
anxious? Why are people depressed? Why are people committing suicide at the highest rate we've ever had in this country? And it's true worldwide, too. And I know the, the pandemic influenced everything. But so what? Jesus is still on the throne. Glory to God. He's still on the throne. He's still Lord of all. He is still running the universe. Praise God. Shifting gears in the universe. Glory to God. So we started off with our main scripture, Hebrews eleven thirty nine. Uh, we're going to stay, uh, I think last uh, time we read it in the uh, uh, King James Jr. And this today we're going to read and amplify it. Those of you who don't know what the King James Jr. is, that's the new King James. Okay. It was birthed out of the King James. Uh, okay, we're moving right along. Hebrews eleven thirty nine, And all of these, they're talking about the hall of faith, all the people that have gone before us, all the people mentioned in chapter 11 in Hebrews. Though they won divine approval by means of their faith, they did not receive the fulfillment of what was promised because God had us in mind and had something better and greater in view for us so that they, these heroes and heroines, hero, heroines, what if I said heroines, <laughs> should not come to perfection apart from us. Before we could join them, it says. Before we could join them. God has a plan for today. The prayers of the saints that have gone ahead of us are with us today. Yes. Hebrews chapter 12. Therefore, now see there wasn't any chapter breaks in the original handwriting. That was put in at the discretion of the, the New Testament writers that were transcribing and translating all this for identification purposes. But this is basically just a continuation of chapter 11. Therefore then, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses who have borne testimony to the truth, let us strip off and throw aside most of our encumbrances, unnecessary weights, every Oh, you mean I don't get to pick and choose what I will follow and what I won't follow? And if I need to do something else rather than read my Bible today, I'm going to go do something else and not make up for it. That's the attitude a lot of us have because Jesus will always be there. But folks, he's doing something in us. He's still there. But my question to you is, are you still on the road with him. Are you starting to swerve a little bit? My car has one of those deals, you know, you change lanes, it starts pulling you back in. Some of us need that spiritually. Oh, glory to God. Isn't it fun to come to church? Hallelujah. Since we're so, we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses who have borne testimony to the truth, let us strip off, throw aside every encumbrance, every encumbrance, every unnecessary weight, that sin which so readily, deftly, and cleverly clings to and entangles us and let us run with patient endurance and steady and active persistence the appointed course of the race that is set 
before us. Folks, this is so much there. You know, the Bible says to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him, it's sin. So that means there are sins of omission, stuff that you're supposed to do and you haven't been doing them, okay? You can, it's okay, say, oh, me. You know, look in the mirror and say, oh, me. You goofed up to yesterday. We're not going to let that happen today by the grace of God. I'm going to get on. You know, I'm going to go talk to my Lord for a while. The sins that cling to and entangle us. Yes. That's a sin that will cling to you. And entangle all those evil things. <laughs> That's what he's trying to do to you. Yes. And we just let him do it. Uh-huh. It's easy. It's called complacency. It's just easy. So it's, it's a time robber, maybe. Doesn't mean you have to be out shooting and stop, uh, robbing banks and driving 100 miles an hour up and down the school zones. It means you can do things that have just come part of your life that you need to shake off. You need to break. You need to be released from it. Because it's holding you back from the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. And then let us run with patient endurance. Do we stop and meditate on what we're reading in the Bible or are we reading it like a novel? Patient endurance. Endurance means we're going and we're not going to be tired. We're going to go on with it. We're going to climb that mountain. We're going to run across the street to get where we need to be. We're going to swim the ocean. Whatever it takes, we're going to do it. You don't have to do it in a second. Just do it and stay with it and be patient about it. Through faith and patience, you receive the promises. So endure, though. You know, I heard something the other day I hadn't heard before. I know Pastor Kelly probably heard it 10 years ago. But anyway, uh, there used to be what we call helicopter parents where they came and took their child out of a difficult situation, took them out of it no matter what. Oh, we don't want to let them have, you know, any strife or struggle or, oh, they don't have to work that hard or whatever. They just got taken out altogether of the situation. That's a helicopter pilot. Yeah. Well, now it is said, let me know, Kelly, if this is the first time or if this is the 30th time you've heard this. There are bulldozer parents, bulldozer parents. And that is they clear the way out in front of their child so they don't have to have any adversity in their life. And what happens to the child? They grow weak. And they don't mature. They don't develop. They don't struggle. You know how it is with that chicken and the egg. You go in there and peck that chicken to pull him out when he's just a little bitty trying to get out of that thing. He's going to die. He's got to peck that out of that egg himself. It's a lot of, it's, it's a job. <laughs> to, if you're a little chicken, you got that hard-shelled egg pecking it out from the inside out. But that's what it's all about. So they're strong and they get to the point. That little colt, when they come out of being born, they struggle. To, you ever see a colt? They try to stand up on their feet. 
it's kind of funny. And some people would go, oh, you know, let me help them. Yeah, sometimes it's good to go through some things that take some time, that have to take some patient endurance. And you teach your child that in little steps. Little steps. You don't just throw it at them. But you teach them and let them grow, let them develop. We have so many children that are developed late, later in life, socially, psychologically, cognitively. I'm just telling the truth. Not pointing any fingers at anybody in here. I'm just telling you the truth. But there may be a few of you on YouTube I'm pointing a finger at, so okay. But we've got to have our children that know what work is and, and know that, you know, you can't lay in bed all day long, even in the summertime. I got my tail out in the summertime, got on the bicycle, walking it up and down the street or riding it up and down the street pretty early in the morning because my mama wasn't going to let me stay in bed. End of sentence. And I learned that, you know, if you stay in bed all day, you're going to be a sluggard. Yep. And you develop these things when you're young. It's not to say you can't stay in bed late one day or here or there, whatever. That's not it. Make a lifestyle out of it, though. And you will not develop your full potential in life at the time that you should be developing it. And too many times people grow up realizing too late what I could have done, what I should have done, what I wish I had this told to me or this was done to me or this is done for me or this was... Mm-hmm. Um, kids will work out of poverty if you'll let them. Kids will work out of the, the deficiencies that we have in our lives if you'll let them, if you challenge them. I, I just love the, the story of Ben Carson who was brought up in dire poverty. Mother had two to three jobs all the time for he and his brother uh, so he, she could keep he and his brother going. Lived in apartments, lived in the, the slum area. Uh, but she made those boys work. She made them get up out of the, out of the bed in the morning. In the summertime, they read a book every week. Eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 years old, they read a book a week. And she graded that book, or the report that she made. They had to do a, a, a book report, hand it to her at the end of the week, go get another book for next week. And here's the real kicker. We need more mamas like her. That report, she would go through there and mark different things on their paper. They find out years later that she was illiterate. She couldn't even read their reports. But she had them buffaloed because she knew it was the right thing to do. Ben Carson became the premier pediatric brain surgeon in the world. Led a team of, I don't remember, 30-something medical people to separate conjoined twins one time. They said it couldn't be done. He went through with patient endurance to perform that which people hadn't done before at that time to that significance. Pediatric neurosurgeon of the world. I just love stories like that. 
And there's many mamas and papas that can do that for their children, grandparents, and even for next-door kids. You know, there's all kinds of opportunities. We need to be that salt. We need to be that light. The question is, will we do it? If you're not geared for that, you're geared for something else. Okay? So we're all geared. We all have gifts. We all have callings. We all have abilities that God has gifted us with with, so that we can add to the body of Christ. Because the body of Christ is deficient in the areas that it has people not exercising their gifts and abilities. Verse 2. Looking away from all that will distract us to Jesus, who is the leader and the source of our faith, giving the first incentive for our belief and is also its finisher, bringing it to maturity and perfection. For he, for the joy of obtaining the prize that was set before him, endured the cross, despising and ignoring the shame, and is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. The King James says something like, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Oh my gosh. Joy. He took the cross for his joy. Or you could say he substituted the cross for the joy he could have had at that time, prolonging it for another day, knowing that a new joy would arise, and it's called the body of Christ. For the joy set before him, he replaced what was there at hand in order to take the opportunity to go to the cross to save mankind, to pay the penalty of our sins. You and me who deserve nothing, he that deserved everything, substituted being in heaven, And a glorious thing with his father, he replaced that with thinking about us. Thinking about the body of Christ. Thinking about that we would be here in 2022 to praise and to honor his name. This grabbed the significance of that. The Lord of lords, the king of kings. He took a choice. Because he was in a physical body. (coughs) Totally God, totally man. That physical body was what he felt, though. He did that. And that's the joy that we should have. If you have to discipline your child, do it the joy. It's going to hurt you more than me. That's an honest statement. <laughs> no, it's, it's going to hurt me more than you. Yeah, okay. But for the joy set before you. Verse 3, just think of him who endured from sinners such grievous opposition and bitter hostility against himself. Reckon up and consider it in all comparison with your trials. So that you may not grow weary or exhausted, losing heart and relaxing and fainting in your minds and automatic transmissions. For you have not yet struggled and fought 
agonizingly against sin, nor have you yet resisted and withstood to the point of pouring out your own blood. That's what he did at Calvary. Oh my gosh. And Gethsemane. He agonized. He bled out of his face. He was in a part of groaning in the spirit that most of us have never even seen anything close to it. Some of us have seen some of that. He agonized taking on the sin of the world because he knew what it was. He knew the importance of it and the importance of setting us free from it. (coughs) Jesus did that. He did it for each person in this chair, each person on YouTube. Whether you want him or not, he did it for you. The ones he was dying for were the same ones who were berating him. There are so many people in the world today for whom he did what he did. Only some will accept that, while others will reject that. Well, I haven't rejected him yet. I've just hadn't made up my mind. You've rejected him. If you haven't accepted him, you've rejected him. There's not there's two places to be. Yes. Or no. That's it. Choose life or death. Now, if you are searching for Jesus or searching for knowledge about Jesus and you're not born again as of yet, you keep searching. But I'm here to tell you today by the authority of God's Word that you must be born again. You must be born from above, spiritually. You must be made a new creation. And the longer you search without making a decision, the longer you're not going to be able to accept the benefits of the kingdom of God. And folks, this world is not going to be sweet and lovely to you. It's not getting sweeter and more lovely every day. It's going in the diametrically opposed opposite direction. So don't be surprised what happens. What you need to know, that you're in Christ and He's in you. And nothing's changed your relationship with Him unless you've chosen to go astray or something. Chosen to go an automatic drive. You get what I'm trying to say this morning? I think the Holy Spirit is is wanting to show each of us that we're strong enough to stand in times of adversity, no matter what. Why? Because I live on the inside, not on the outside. I live with what I know, not what I see with my eyes. I live with the Word of God. I stand on His Word because it will go on forever. It will not draw back. It will not lessen. It will not diminish. If God pulled His Word back, the whole universe would just go non-existent anymore. Oh, He, with His Word, upholds everything that we see in the physical realm. God is all about you. Jesus died for you and paid your penalty. And now when we get in times of adversity in this here world that we're living in, we're not going to cave if we understand his word and acknowledge him as the Lord. I don't serve the devil. 
He's under my feet. He tries to ooze out all the time, but that's okay. <laughs> Praise God. Christians should be such a witness of a successful life. That doesn't mean you don't have trials. That doesn't mean you don't have tribulation. Jesus talked all through the Gospels about tribulation. That doesn't mean that you don't have difficulties. You may have financial challenges. You may have physical challenges. You may have mental challenges. You have challenges, but it doesn't change the lordship of Jesus Christ in your life. And when you get into the Word and start pulling those pearls out of it, you'll see that, praise God, here's the answer for my difficulties. I must rejoice. I must go on with patient endurance. I must set aside every sin that's trying to hold me back and claw into me because he's under my feet, praise God. Praise the Lord. We can stand in times of adversity. We can stand when everything in Washington, D.C. has gone crazy. We can stand in times when your next door neighbor wants to cancel you. We can stand in times of adversity no matter what. Get off social media for a, take a break. <laughs> if you're on there, be sure you subscribe and share Church of Tomorrow. And like us. Click, click. But if you're not, I'll forgive you. Okay, because that's okay too. It's a time when I'm not moved by what I see, what I feel, what I understand in the world system. I move by one thing only, and that's the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And His Word tells me what to do, and His Spirit takes me into it and unveils it and gives me those nuggets that I need in my life. Praise God. I'm so tired of happy, clappy Christians. That one minute, you know, they're all, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the next minute, they go, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do. Oh, my goodness. Grow up. You're 60 years old. Grow up. My goodness gracious. If you need milk, let's get you some milk. But I'm going to put a little meat in there with it too. Amen. You need the meat of the Word of God if you've been in this thing very long. You need to be working to it. Lay aside all the junk and get rid of those things and come into the Lord and worship at His feet. Praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> well, Pastor Nan, how come that when you come to church, you're always up? I've been told that. And I say, I don't come till I am up. Praise God, because there's no reason for me to be under the circumstances. I want to be on top of the circumstances, praise God, because my Lord put me there. And when something comes my way, I'm not going to be moved by it unless it's the Holy Spirit breathing something on me. This is the real Christian life. This is not, dearly beloved, I'm so glad we're here together today. Please turn. This is not... Hey, everybody, I want you to be so happy today. Just come on down and we'll have a real blast here today. We're going to have much stuff going on this week. We're going to have a, the blow-up toys for the kids, and we're going to have a pool party for the adults, and we're going to, and we're going to, and we're going to, and we're going to. How about a, a dose of life, Zoe life, from the throne room of God? Hallelujah. How about fellowship of the believer? How about instigating something else? And if it's not working, shift gears and move on down the road, praise God. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. I'm going to start preaching here in a little bit. 
verse 5, and have you completely forgotten the divine word of appeal and encouragement in which you are reasoned with and addressed as sons? My son, do not think lightly or scorn to submit to correction and discipline of the Lord, nor lose courage and give up and faint when you're reproved or corrected by him. Verse 6, for the Lord corrects and disciplines everyone whom he loves, and he punishes, even scourges every son whom he accepts and welcomes to his heart and cherishes. You must submit to and endure correction for discipline. God is dealing with you as with sons, not an enemy. For what son is there whom his father does not thus train and correct and discipline? Well, <clears throat> this wasn't written last, last week. There's plenty of it. Shouldn't be. And in the church, there shouldn't be any at all. Now, if you are exempt from correction and left without discipline in which all of God's children share, then you are illegitimate offspring and not true sons at all. Tell it like it is. You're a bastard. Ooh, he's getting serious now. I'm just being honest. Make sure you understand it. Sometimes you get another little perspective on the word you're talking about. If you don't receive correction, you're illegitimate. Be able and willing and look forward to God correcting you. It'll get the stuff off your back. Verse 9. Moreover, we have earthly fathers who disciplined us and we yielded to them and respected them for training us. Shall we not much more cheerfully submit to the Father of spirits and so truly live? Look forward to what is being done in you. Correction is needful. A fool says no to God. The thing about it is, is we need to accept. Remember the prayer that you can get answered every day. Lord, what is there today you want to change in me? And he'll change something in you. He'll get rid of those pebbles in your shoes. Some of us have a rock from time to time. And that's not very good to walk around with a rock in your shoe. And a pebble can be bad too. It's, a, yeah, it's like that drip in the attic that Proverbs talks about. The old Hebrew word scourging or discipline, I want to <clears throat> clear this because some people think that God does stuff to you. <clears throat> First thing, you get outside of God's promises, you get outside of his umbrella. No protection. Mm -hmm. Things not going to work for you if you're going against the word of God. That's just the way it is, folks. He's not being mean. He just said, here's what you can do. You can choose life or death. Now, which one are you going to choose? How about life? And we want to choose a little bit of death every now and then. And you know what? He'll let you do that because he's already told you not to. So you want to find out the hard way. Guess what? You have to make an adjustment in your life. But better than that, God will give you a warning there before you get close to it. Because if there's something in your life you don't realize, he does and he will help you. And he will help change you. The old Hebrew scourging or discipline was used with three leather straps, 13 times across the breast, 13 times on each shoulder. 
total of 39, which is 40 save one. I'm just pointing that out because Paul talked about being scourged several times. And they could go up to 40 lashes, and they always stopped at 39 because the penalty to them to go over 40 was quite severe. So they did 39 in case somebody had miscounted. So it's 13, 13, 13. Had to break it down into shorter numbers. They didn't want to go up to the 20s and 30s to count. Ran out of fingers and toes. But to me, that just speaks of a father bringing his son to him, putting his hands on his shoulders and say, I want to speak to your heart. We don't have enough of that in America. We don't have enough of that in the church to bring that son or daughter Put your hands on his shoulders. Speak to his heart. Speak to her heart. That's the way that we raise children. God gives us his word to correct us. He brings us to him in his presence. And he speaks to our heart. He speaks to our inner being. What about this? What about that? I'm thinking of David. When Nathan the prophet came to him, gave him the little story about the sheep and this guy that took one, he had all these sheep and he took one ewe from one man that had only the one. And he said, what would you do, your highness? And David goes, that man should die. And he says, you are the man. And what did David do? Say, I'm not either. Say, oh, that's different. I'm the king. Say, you know, I'm different. You, I want you to quit all your environmental things you're doing, but I'm going to ride around in my $74 million airplane and get there without you. <clears throat> Uh-oh. I'm this and you're that. No, David said, it goes to the floor. It says, Father, forgive me. I've sinned. I've sinned. It's that easy to do, but we're so puffed up with pride. Or we think we're the chosen one. Or we think we're the ones with the opportunity. That doesn't really matter to us because I intended to do the right thing. We judge ourselves by our intention. Others by their behaviors. How about doing it the opposite? You know, I'm sure they really didn't mean to do that. I don't think that's in their heart. I've sinned and come short of the glory of God. If we confess our sins, He is faithful, faithful, faithful to forgive our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. The penalty for your sins that haven't been committed has already been paid. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I heard a Catholic priest give a funeral one time. He said, you know, this guy had strayed from the Lord. 
But the Lord held him and wouldn't let him go. Held him by that one little finger. I thought, man, that, that's great. Wouldn't let him go. Hung on to him. Folks, God's got a hold of us. And rather than dangle by the finger or the arm or whatever, let's just, hey, all right. It's not like you're a bad person because you did such and such. It's like, you know, I'm sure glad Jesus is taking care of that for you. Have you repented? Have you changed your thinking? Have you thought about what you've done and how it would be better not to do it again? How about that sin that does so easily beset us? We read about that a while ago. Why don't we just kick it in the ass, get rid of it? Let's shift gears. Let's go to the next level. By the way, I, the shifting gears deal, that, that wasn't in my notes anywhere. That's called a Holy Spirit injection. Gives me something about cars all the time, doesn't he? Well, he keeps it simple so I can understand it. I'm going to close up here. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to do all my notes today. Um, verse 11, for the time being, no discipline brings joy. For the time being, no discipline brings joy. In other words, Daddy, would you please spank me? But seems grievous and painful, but afterwards it yields a peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it, a harvest of fruit which consists in righteousness, in conformity to God's will, in purpose, thought, and action, resulting in the right living and right standing with God. God doesn't beat our tails. He gives us his word. So if you're disciplined, it's either because you went against his word and did something that you weren't supposed to do, and the Holy Spirit is showing you what you did so you can correct it, or he's just telling you up front, you keep doing that sooner or later, it's going to catch up with you. Mm, do you want that one brought out in the air? There's a lot of junk that's been coming out in the last couple of years about all kinds of different people that is for the best. I'm not saying all of it is. I said a lot of it is. There's all kinds of people. Ministry, business, technology, social media platforms. The Department of Justice. A lot of places. It's good it came out. We just don't want to deconstruct everything to nothing. And that's what some people want too. And that's got to be taken care of. So then brace up and reinvigorate and set your slackened and weakened and drooping hands and strengthen your feeble and paced and tottering knees. Palsied and tired, tottering knees. And cut through and make firm and plain and smooth straight paths for your feet. Yes, make them safe and upright and happy paths that go in the right direction so that the lame and halt limbs may not be put out of joint, but rather be cured. 
doing the right things in times of adversity will enhance your purpose and bring healing to others. Doing the right things in time of adversity will enhance your strength in the Lord and bring healing to others. Yes. That's what it's all about. See, we can be walking with Jesus, doing a pretty good job, but what about being salt and light? Are, are we, are we, do we have the witness? Do we have the testimony? Do we have the, the word from the Holy Spirit for that person for today? Do we have a way of picking them up if they fell down, so to speak, literally, physically, or spiritually? Do we build each other rather than tear each other down? Do we come across as, yes, oh, I'm so glad I'm not there. Oh, yes, praise the Lord. Are we, you know, hey, I've been there. I've done that or something like it, something just as bad or worse, you know, and Jesus brought me out of it. I've got a victory to share with you. He brought me out of it. I was. And Paul talks about that in one place. He said, you were this. You, you did this and 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 this. Some of you were those things. But now you're washed, you're clean. Praise God. That's where I am today. If you're not washed and you're not clean, washed in the blood of Jesus Christ and with the, the power of his word, and clean, and you need to get right with Jesus in your relationship with him. Maybe you need to establish a relationship. Well, he is here for you today. I don't care if you're on video. I don't care if you're in this room. I don't care where you are, what your situation is. Well, you don't know what I've done, Pastor Dan. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, you don't know what Jesus has done, if that's your thinking. Because whatever you've done, he's done more than enough to correct it, to bring it about, and to be able to give you the victory in it, praise God, to stand you up straight. And say, now, young lady, walk in that. Now, young man, walk in that. Now, not so young man, not so young lady, walk in that. We will stand in the times of adversity by the grace of God. And there are things that we need to key into. And it basically gets down to a relationship with Jesus and taking somebody with you. Walk with them, grab that hand, walk down the street. I remember in India walking down the middle of a street in a small village, going to the lake to baptize some people. And the pastor grabs my hand and walks with me. And in India, that's a sign of friendship. I felt a little weird at first. I promise you. But I knew what was going on here. He was honoring me. If you grab somebody's hand this week, led him to Jesus. Give them a smile. Maybe that's all it is. I love just to walk up to people and say, do you know something? What's that? Jesus Christ loves you. And he has a plan and purpose for your life. Do you know what it is? That's not condemning. It's, wake up. There's a reality here. Praise God. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much for this day you've given us. Thank you, God, that we came to church today. And you 
glorified yourself. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you brought us recognition by the word, but you said everything here today by glorifying the Father and the Son. We thank you and praise you, Holy Spirit, for the fact that you have done these things in our midst today. You've opened keys to our hearts that'll be shifted into the next category, to the next level, to the next thing, whatever that is. And we do that with joy. And when we see adversity come our way, we'll just go on with it. We'll be that, that bulldozer and plow on through it. Make a way, because you've made a way. And we thank you that you are the way. And we praise the significance of every word in your book, of every word you speak to our heart. We praise you for each other, that we're a family, we're joined together by the Spirit. You've made all of us one in you that are Christians, and for the church of tomorrow especially. We thank you, Lord God, that the significance and understanding of our relationship with you is paramount in our lives, and everything else can just fall by the wayside because we don't care about that. When we're right with you, everything else will flow out of that. Our friends, our fellowship, our family, our resources, everything, because you are the provider in Jesus' name. I'm going to ask anybody today, and I just go ahead and look up. I'm going to ask anybody today, anybody have anything that you need to get rid of today? All you need to do is to raise your hand. If you want to come forward, you can. You can raise your hand. You can stand up. You can do a double backflip. I don't care what you do, but you need to recognize that. And don't be ashamed of it because you're here in a safe place today. And we want you to know for sure, without a shadow of doubt, Jesus Christ loves you. We love you at Church of Tomorrow, and we're here with you for this. So if there's something in your heart, just stand up right now. Raise your hand. Do a double backflip if you want to. Hallelujah. Anybody today? Everybody looking around, every eye open. Okay, praise God. Thank you for that one hand. Who else? There's another hand. Thank you for that hand. There's two. Everybody looking around. Everybody open eyes. How about looking inside? Oh, that's me. Okay. Okay. Would you two ladies just please stand? Folks, would you address your hands towards them? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for bringing forth your word today by your Spirit. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're working in their lives. We see there's a repentance in their hearts for the things that you've showed them today. And God, we love them, and we thank you that we're here with them and for them in every way that we can possibly be. But we know even more than that, you're with them every second of every day. God, I thank you their sins are forgiven. I thank you that the encumbrances that they may have been a part of or things that they may uh, have been allowing in their life are dissipated by your presence in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, for their boldness and their courage and their confession of you as Lord in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. amen. Pastor Kelly, come on up here. Hallelujah. <coughs> thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Let God be true and every man a what? Hallelujah. God's word is what? True. Hallelujah. Everything that man tries to set up in the end will come down. But God's word is what? True. It's forever. It's eternal. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
I just, my heart is, is that this place is a place of refuge. It's a place in which you can be vulnerable and you can be open and receptive and that we can uh, be life to one another, if I could say that. That w- the Jesus in us could pour out into the lives of others and that we can be one as a body of Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. No longer pointing the fingers and accusing, but we are people who will lift up the name of Jesus and, and uh, walk together as, as one body. Hallelujah. Everyone say one body. He is the head and we are the body. Yeah. I all have our parts that we play. Hallelujah. You are vital to this body. Did you hear that? I don't care if you've been here once or twice or you've been here ever since Church of Tomorrow was started. You are vital to this body. Hallelujah. And when you hurt, we hurt. When you rejoice, we want to rejoice with you. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Pastor Dan has shared the word, the clear word of God. Shared it with simplicity and in power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. We thank you. Hallelujah, Father, that we are people who are receptive to your word and we will receive your word and allow your word to have its perfect work. Hallelujah, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Malachi chapter 3, verse number 10. It says, bring the tenth part into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. So that there may be what? This house, hallelujah, is in need of food. And if you understand what I'm talking about, okay? Hallelujah. Test me in this, says the Lord of all. See if I won't open the windows of heaven and pour out good things for you until there is no more need. Hallelujah. Give. Give that tenth part. Some of us, you know, we've done all the other things that we know to do, and then there's that one little besetting thing you haven't been giving Okay, And that could be the very thing, hallelujah, that brings the shifting gear that we've been talking about off and on. And it opens the door and suddenly that which was against you now, the favor of God is upon you Okay, to begin to go forward, hallelujah, the way God's desired you to go. Amen? Hallelujah. So we bring attention, you know, how we give offerings here is, is through, you know, the, the drop box at the back with the envelopes. Okay, fill it out that way. You can go online. You can uh, text to give. Okay, there are several ways that we do that here. Hallelujah. Some other announcements. Everyone say announcements. And this is the time in which half the people decide to have, you know, certain kinds of hearing where they go, whoop. And we start talking about going to Denny's and, or, you know, uh, uh, all the other places, you know, that, that we think. we. And since it's 4th of July, now we got to talk about the fireworks, you know, that we got to buy out the stand, you know, outside of town and blah, blah, blah. While very important information is being released unto you. Look at your neighbor and say, let's listen. Sign up for text updates, ladies and gentlemen. Go to TMRW, okay, to the number 97,000. Okay, and uh, you'll get set up for that. And then this Wednesday, the 20, uh, the, uh, uh, what would that be? The 6th, 6th of, uh, of uh, July uh, is week five of I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist. And this week specifically is, uh, again, Does God Exist? Re- regarding what about evolution? 
What about evolution? I was taught evolution in science in school, and that was years and years and years ago, and that there was no other option, okay? And I couldn't believe it. I had trouble just dealing with it because I thought it doesn't make sense. And yet, okay, it's even being taught today. Yeah. And so I wonder how that's going to affect your children. Have you discussed it with your kids? <laughs> wow, suddenly crickets started happening. Oh, dear. <laughs> okay, 6.45 for the snacks and 7 o'clock the, the time begins. The class actually starts. Here's something else. Okay, we're looking for those who will take uh, the children's class at least once a month. I didn't get anyone who came forward last week. And, and uh, uh, Bernard's wife, Monica, is stuck there almost every week. And uh, we want to be able to make sure that every person is fed. And I know what she's going through. I was a children's pastor in two different churches and I was in there for two years each. And I never once got to go into the service. Okay? And I had to get fed. And it was not an easy time. So uh, think about it. Okay? If you're stirred, okay, come to me about it so that uh, we can get this issue uh, dealt with. Amen? Those children are worth a whole bunch. They're your future. Hallelujah. Uh, don't want to... Uh, uh, put the spotlight on anyone and make them feel, you know, weird or embarrassed. But uh, Madison, would you stand? Uh, Kenneth just proposed to her. Everyone, let's give him a hand clap. I, I imagine Kenneth had to go to work early. Yeah, and so he, he kind of had to slip out a little while ago. But if you wouldn't mind standing for Kenneth and, you, and yourself, we want to pray over you if that's all right. Father, we just thank you. We thank you, Father, for life. We thank you, Father, for the joining together of these two. We just thank you, Father, that you have a plan for both of them and for Madison's son and for any others that come into the family in the future. We speak life over them. We speak the life of God over them. The two shall become one, Father. And I just thank you for the, that which is ahead for them. I pray that they always keep their eyes focused on you, focused on your word, focused on the truth. Hallelujah. And that they can be a light everywhere that they go. Hallelujah. And that they can be a blessing, Father, and an encouragement. And they can be uh, great at discipling, Father, and, and being a great example to other couples. We just bless you and thank you for the, that which is ahead for them and the decisions they've made to walk as one. And we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Let's give them another hand clap. Yeah, yeah. Hallelujah. If everyone will stand, please. Hallelujah. Just lift your hands, just a sign of yielding and surrender to the Lord. Uh, Father, we thank you for your word which has gone forth. We thank you that it is going to produce great fruit that has gone into fertile soil. 
Hallelujah. And we just thank you that we are receptive to it again. Hallelujah. And that we'll be yielded. Hallelujah. And when you correct us, we'll be uh, open to that, Father. Hallelujah. We just thank you for yielded hearts. And as we go out from this place today, we carry your presence. We carry your word. We carry your truth. And we'll bless others everywhere that we go. We praise you for the results of it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Go forth. You are dismissed. Go forth. You are the children of God. Hallelujah. Amen.